You're listening to the Private Practice Workshop Podcast, and I'm your host, John Clark, helping you get more clients, make more money, and master private practice. And in this episode, we're talking about how to deal with doubt and fear. If this is your first episode uh, listening to this podcast, then welcome. I'm happy to have you. Um, As a quick little intro, because why not? Um, In 2013, I moved uh, from Virginia, where I'm from, to San Francisco to start my first practice. Well, to get a job first and then start my first practice. And I learned a lot of things the hard way. And so since then, about 2013, I've been teaching therapists about the lessons that I've learned. And today, I do that full time and I absolutely love it. So I'm happy that you're here. Um, There's plenty of episodes for you to catch up on if you're just starting out or even if you've been listening for a while. In fact, um, I did an episode uh, what feels like a long time ago about dealing with fear. Um, so there might be a little overlap with this today, um, but I felt like it was a good, uh, a, a good time and a good topic to, uh, to readdress here today. So um, before we dive in, I want to give a quick listener shout out. And this is to someone who followed my instructions for the past few weeks and actually left a review on iTunes of the podcast, which is exactly what you should be doing if you're listening to this show. Right? That's all I ask for you right now in return is to help me grow the show, leave a review, share an episode with a friend, etc. So this person said on iTunes, John's podcast is clear and so helpful for building a business as a mental health practitioner. I look forward to the new episodes and find myself motivated and grounded all at once. Thank you. And this is from GGL Therapy. If you wrote it, you probably know it's you, I would hope. And, um, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you leaving that review for the kind words. And you hit the nail on the head in that a big part of my brand and my approach is teaching you things without all the overwhelm. It's private practice without all the overwhelm. And so the more that I can do to help you not get overwhelmed as you're learning all this stuff, the better. Um, So again, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, So there you have it. There's my little listener shout out today. We're talking about how to deal with doubt and fear in private practice as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, and uh, and all of those good things. So without further ado, let's dive in. All right, let's get started. I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for choosing to listen to this episode and to support my podcast. It does mean the world to me. I also love hearing from you guys. I got a few additional Facebook messages this week from people who listen, and that was really nice to hear as well. So thank you again for that. Um, Before I forget, we are just a few days away from our live webinar. It's a free webinar on how to create and launch your own online course to boost your income and your impact. Imagine making uh, a few hundred or even a thousand or even a couple thousand of extra dollars every single month from your own online course, taking what you already know, your passions, your clinical expertise and experience, putting that into an online course and making passive income with that bad boy. (laughs) Just imagine that. That's what this is going to be all about. So that it's coming up on Friday, this Friday, November 22nd. It's going to be completely live with me. Ask me anything. Come learn with us. 
All you have to do is head to privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash launch to grab your spot. That's privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash launch. We're going to be talking about how to choose your course topic, how to make sure your course is actually going to sell, and um, why you need just enough attention to create course sales. And I'm going to reveal to you um, what, what I call the simple math behind a sold out course. So I hope you'll join me privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash launch. And yep, that's a live webinar. So grab your spot now. All right. Let's talk about dealing with doubt and fear. Speaking of doubt and fear, um, uh, a healthy dose of doubt and fear is par for the course. Whenever you do a, a launch of any sort, whenever you do a live webinar, whenever you, you know, launch a new idea or product or service, that is the life of the entrepreneur. That is um, absolutely par for the course. And so we have to know that as a business owner, um, we are committing to and exposing ourselves to a certain level of risk and a certain level of uncertainty that isn't quite otherwise there um, when you are employed in a traditional sense or for a traditional kind of employer. And I think that's part of what makes this thing fun, don't you? I think that's part of the thrill of it all is, um, is a bit of that risk and uncertainty involved because with that risk and uncertainty comes potential for really high reward. And I probably sound like a Marvel comic or something saying that, but I don't mean to be cheesy or cliche, but, uh, um, but, but such is life. So I think that's the thing is, yeah, you can, you could go and work uh, a nine to five the rest of your life or work an agency job or a college counseling center or whatever. And there's some benefits to that, um, for sure. But also there's the, what if, man, what if I could grow this thing on my own and make more money and in less time and have more time to spend on, on the things outside of work that I also love, like, um, uh, like being with my family or playing music or making art or traveling or whatever it is. So to me, that's what this whole thing is about. And if you're not, um, if you're not using your business to expand your opportunities in, in that sort of way or to own more of your time or to have more freedom, et cetera, then you might as well not. I mean, you might as well just have a job and have that extra security and benefits and health insurance and, and all those things. So there's no right or wrong, you know, but I think what I see a lot is therapists who have um, kind of halfway committed to the life of business person, entrepreneur, private practice owner and um, as a result, I think there, there's some ambivalence about really owning and embracing the struggles that come with this whole thing. No one said it was easy. No one said you had to do it, um, but you're doing it now and you need to take complete ownership of that. I really honestly can't stand when people don't take ownership of their uh, situation. I've also, uh, I've worked with therapists where, uh, you know, I have told someone three different, three months in a row to go do this one thing to change your business or to save your business and they just didn't do it. I can't stand that because, well, I get for, for obvious reasons, but I can't stand that because there's, I think sometimes people have tremendous blocks and they have um, kind of their own stuff that needs to be worked out through therapy or maybe a combination of therapy and some coaching in your business. Um, but people, yeah, just have tremendous, I think, mental blocks and even some psychodynamic stuff going on there too around internal beliefs and whatnot 
uh, maybe early, you know, early experiences and things like that, that I think can block people up. But at the same time, that stuff's never going to really be fixed. It's never really going to be done. So you might as well push through it. You might as well have those, uh, embrace that you're going to have some of those blocks. I've got my fair share of them, but it doesn't stop me from, from getting shit done. And I think that is the thing that separates people who are successful, quote unquote, to people who are always going to be struggling. There's also, there are therapists out there, and maybe you're one of them, there are therapists out there that are just kind of, um, they seem like they're always going to struggle and they've almost created that reality for themselves. Maybe, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen this before? Do you know what I'm uh, referring to? Uh, some therapists, it's almost like just they want to stay stuck. And guess what? There's an easy parallel to therapy clients who come and they say, I want to change. I really want to change. Or, hey, I want to get out of this bad relationship and I want your help. And you go, okay, great. And then nine months later, nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. I understand that, you know, and in order to be a good therapist, you have to be able to work with that ambivalence. You have to be able to work on people's timelines or lack of timeline. And, um, uh, you have to be able to be compassionate to people's blocks. But at the same time, I think sometimes we need a bit more of a coaching approach, even in our therapy and especially in our businesses, because I think sometimes people need to be confronted on their bullshit. You know, I think sometimes people need to be confronted on, hey, why haven't you done the thing you're, you said you're going to do? Hey, why are you still making a mess of your business finances or your personal finances or both? Why are you doing that? Um, I think sometimes we're afraid to kind of confront people on those things. And I see that as part of my job, you know, in working with therapists and in the coaching that I do of therapists um, is to sometimes say the hard thing to get you to see the thing that you're not seeing clearly, right? Because it's, it's to your detriment and everything that I would say to you is going to be out of a position of for the greater good of you and your business and your future. Because a lot of times we're not very good at, uh, kind of long-term thinking or long-term future thinking. Uh, and we're just kind of responding to what's in front of us. And a lot of times what's in front of us is just fear and doubt. And like, we kind of like to keep a mess going. So I would encourage you to, to really commit today and ask yourself today, am I ready to commit to cleaning up any messes that I have right now, big or small in my business, in my life? And what help do I need or what resources do I need to pull in in order to clean them up? And, um, and what would life be like after I've kind of cleaned them up? Okay. So didn't know I was going to get all motivational on you today, but, but look what happened. That just happened. Cause I guess I got fired up. You never really know until you start. So when it comes to dealing with doubt and fear, let's talk about some actual concrete things you can do so that you can stop shaking your head as I'm on my motive, my Tony Robbins, you know, um, my Tony Robbins kick right now or whatever, <laughs> be motivational without having planned to. So the first thing about uh, a doubt and fear is that number one, it's normal. Uh, again, it's normal. It's going to be there. It's part of this ride. So, so it, I think when you try to wish it away, is when it kind of doubles down. I hear clients doing this all the time, especially therapy clients going, well, I just wish I wasn't anxious. I wish that I didn't have depression. I wish that I didn't have, you know, trauma. Well, you do. And in fact, it's the wishing it away that actually makes it stronger and louder and, and heavier. So quit wishing it away, right? The, the, the doubt and anxiety 
is there and it's a form of energy and you could use that form of energy to actually compel you further. Would you believe that? Because actually sometimes things that I do and sometimes my motivations are out of doubt and fear. I asked my own mastermind group recently, how do you doubt, deal with doubt and fear? And they said, one guy said, uh, his name's Ryan. I look up to him a lot. He's be, he become a buddy of mine. You know, he said, I think some degree of doubt and fear is good. It's good to have that in there, right? I even remember, I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, I heard an interview with Mike Tyson, the great, great boxer. Yes, who bit the dude's ear off. Sorry about that. Um, but anyway, uh, who basically said, someone was interviewing him about what it was like to you know, have these enormous fights, some of the biggest fights in the history of boxing. And he said, all the way up until the point where I actually got into the ring, I felt like leaving. I felt like running away. I felt scared. I, I threw up, you know, and, um, and I just knew that was going to be part of it. So how incredible is that, right? This massive, lethal dude with a pair of boxing gloves on with a face tattoo is is saying, yeah, I was scared. I was completely scared. I was petrified. I was throwing up in the back. People don't see that, right? They just see the fearless looking Mike Tyson, who's a savage in the boxing ring, and he is. But uh, that fear was a normal part of his experience. And why wouldn't it be? He was going into something, something dangerous, something crazy, something risky. So there you have it. I mean, there's, there's number one. It's normal. Embrace it. Know that it's going to be there and, and start to learn to use it. Number two, um, I have what I call the anxiety formula. And this is something I use, I've used in my clinical work quite a bit, but it helps us understand anxiety. So the anxiety formula, I didn't make this up. I don't know who did. If it's you, I'm sorry, slash congratulations. The anxiety formula, the way it was taught to me is anxiety equals, you could write this down if you want to be a good student, the overestimation of danger divided by the underestimation of abilities, of our abilities. Okay, so again, the overestimation of danger or the threat uh, divided by the underestimation of our abilities. Right? It's interesting, isn't it? So our anxiety naturally inflates what could go wrong, right? It inflates the threat. So that little, that little, um, um, yeah, that little threat feels really huge. That little, um, uh, that little tabby cat in the hallway looks like a lion, feels like a lion, I should say. Um, and our ability to deal with that lion is minimized all in that moment, all in, uh, when we're in a state of, of fear and anxiety, right? So, um, so that, yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it, right? Is when we're looking at a problem or a challenge coming up in our business and we think, wow, this thing seems so huge. And right now I just can't deal with it right now. I'm just freaking out and I don't feel like I have what I need to deal with it. Right. Does that sound familiar? So, um, I think you have to think about that. You have to think about your anxiety formula. So I hope that, uh, I hope that makes sense and I hope that's helpful. Uh, number three, um, I've always told people it's not about, you know, not imagining what's going to, what could go wrong because your mind's already going to do that. We already know and, and read through research that thought suppression doesn't work, right? You know, you tell a room of people, think about anything except a purple elephant or whatever. And guess what? They're more likely to think of a purple elephant. So for you and not imagining your fears or your purple elephants, so to speak, guess what? When you try to, to, to not 
uh, have these thoughts, when you try to kind of suppress these thoughts or get rid of them entirely, they come back even stronger. So what happens is I encourage you to go ahead and imagine everything going wrong, but then you can't leave it out there just open-ended like a question mark. This is where people go wrong. So they describe, well, yeah, I could, you know, my practice could collapse and then I lose my money and I lose my job and I become homeless, whatever. Um, it's how you would deal with it. So let's say your practice did collapse or something or a client stopped calling. It's not what if that happens. It's if that happened, what would I do to deal with it? And you have to strategically step-by-step step, walk yourself through what I would do, right? How would I recover? Well, I would stop. I would talk to my partner or whatever. I would, you know, call a friend who's a therapist or a business person. I would put together a plan, right? Um, there's always something to be done. There's always some sort of solution. A lot of times we're not seeing it. And especially if we're, we're kind of in that fear mode, uh, our vision is quite clouded and, and often doesn't see solutions that are quite quite there and on the table for us. So I hope that makes sense too. So um, I think someone called this fear setting. It might've been Tim Ferriss or something, but um, um, I like to pretend like I made it up because I've been using that for a really long time with therapy clients and business owners alike. And you can bet there's a, a plenty of overlap there in the work that I do. Um, cause I, I still do some clinical work. I have some clinical work, with my clients uh, on online, and then I have, uh, um, but then most of what I do now is helping therapists. So anyway, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, that, that fear setting kind of exercise can be really helpful. So go ahead and let yourself imagine everything that could go wrong and then imagine or even list out like chart out how you would deal with it if it did happen. To me, that is, that is kind of like a, a wonderful little, little, uh, little treatment for, uh, for anxiety, little, um, uh, antidote. And I always get really nervous speaking of fear around the difference between antidote and anecdote. I can imagine if English wasn't my first language, what a, what a nightmare to have those two words, because I always think I'm going to say the wrong one. And, um, and it's always kind of funny too, because if I'm about to tell a little story, it's like, well, let me tell a little, um, see, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to tell a little, um, uh, antidote. Oh my gosh. See, now I'm getting freaked out. I need to, I need to like look it up. You're like, yeah, let me share a little antidote, which is like a cure, right? Yeah, antidote definition. A medicine taken or given to counteract a particular poison. <laughs> like, yeah, I have a crazy story. I'm going to tell you a little antidote. It's like, oh, you're going to tell me a little bit of medicine to counteract a poison? Cool story, bro. Anyway, we have, we have fears. We have irrational fears. You can see I have an irrational fear <laughs> or maybe not so irrational because maybe it just happened on this, on this show. So there you have it. Um, so, so these are my main points, right? So again, we talked about the fact that it's normal, the fact that you need to not only see it as normal, but then embrace it. Uh, we talked about my anxiety formula. So overestimation of danger, divided by underestimation of ability to cope. And I shouldn't say my anxiety formula, because again, I didn't make it, but I've been using it um, for a long time. And then our kind of fear setting exercise, right? Of imagining everything going wrong, letting yourself do that, but then imagining how you would work through it and put the pieces back together. Um, so there you have it. So I'm curious for you, how do you deal with fear? How do you manage um, doubt, 
and anxiety, right? A lot of times I think doubt is also just comes from us not having done something before. Um, and so we don't know how it's going to go, right? We want to know the result. Um, but again, the reality is it's not up for us to know the result until the result arrives. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think you have to, um, yeah, you, you have to temper, you know, your anxiety a, a, around every corner. And you have to realize too that you are infinitely more resourceful than you think slash than you remember, especially in the moment. So your mind is going to always want to undermine your, uh, your kind of perceived abilities. But again, I promise you, you're a lot more capable than, than you think. And I hope you can internalize some of that today and not let uh, doubt and fear get the best of you this week or even just today. Sometimes that's all you can do is go, Hey, I'm not going to let fear get the best of me today. So take that chance, whatever it is on, uh, you know, growing your business or making your first hire, you know, hiring a clinician, or, um, maybe you want to start your own online course. And if that's the case, guess what? <laughs> register for our free webinar. This that's coming up on this Friday. You need to register today though. Um, cause it's going to be a limited number of slots, private practice workshop.com forward slash launch. And the link will be in the show notes of course as well. Um, but I would love to see you there and love to talk to you about uh, and teach you about some ways where you, that you can um, use an online course or even a membership website, uh, very applicable there, to boost your income and, in, and impact. So it'd be something fun for you and something you've probably never done before. Maybe you have done, but not with success. So I can show you how to do it with success. So make sure to grab your spot there before it's too late. And I will see you live and uh, uh, live and on video, um, or at least I'll be on video. You'll be in the webinar and in the chat room, et cetera. But you'll be you'll see you'll be seeing me interacting with me uh, live on Friday. That's November twenty uh, second. So grab your spot for that webinar now. PrivatePracticeWorkshop.com forward slash launch. Um, that's it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this this episode. Uh, another solo episode for you. Thanks for being here. Take care of yourselves. Keep doing great work out there in the world and say no to fear. (laughs) And I look forward to seeing you on Friday. Okay, take care. I'll see you really soon. Bye-bye.